Hello, welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beatty. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and I'm joined by our program coordinator, Laura Hunt. And um, we have a great show today, Laura. I think uh, I think people are really going to like it. I think so too. We'll be talking with uh, medical social worker Janet Ball Ick. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Janet? Bollock. Oh, yeah, thank you. Close enough, right? Enough. And I've only known you for 20 more or more right. years. But, Just a few years. Um, it, it's the nerves of the TV program. I'm sure that's what does it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Janet works for SSM Health at Home. And we want to talk a little bit about um, something I've been hearing a lot about, and perhaps you have too, uh, this whole idea of social isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're finding out more and more things about what that does. But first of all, what do they mean when they talk about social isolation? Absolutely. You know, we see this all the time with the patients that we are serving, um, as well as people that are just going to be starting yeah. on our service. And it's really, uh, social isolation is really related to um, being separated from others. Okay. You know, so sometimes we look at physical um, social isolation, and what that means is that someone might just live rural, challenging to go see folks, right? Um, yeah. If we live rural and um, less able to see people when we would like to see them. There's also what we call um, social isolation as a whole, and spending time alone is a good mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But what social isolation is, it's an extended amount of time that you're spending time alone. Alone, right. Um, and social isolation is really the absence of some of the social relationships oh. that that individual may have had previously, mm-hmm. um, may have um, very limited um, interaction or relationship with the individual now. Mm-hmm. And it can be unhealthy if yeah. one spends That's a lot heard, of yeah. time by themselves. Well, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how important transportation is. To, to that whole issue. Absolutely. Because, um, yes, yeah, so many of our older adults don't drive anymore. That's right. And have difficulty using some mm-hmm. of the regular bus transportation, mm-hmm. perhaps, or can't afford can't taxis. Afford taxis. Um, so that would be a, an indicator, too. Um, but, yes, they're, they're talking about, uh, or <clears throat> I was thinking about the lack of family and friends. One of the things that happens as you get older is some of your friends move away. Move away. They become um, uh, estranged. They, too, might become socially isolated, and you don't have as many friends. Absolutely. Um, you so. know, and, and social isolation um, persists for an extended period of time. You know, there are times when we feel like we're isolated, but that might be very time-limited, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But um, social isolation is over an extended period of time. So what's extended? Um, (laughs) um, Pretty regularly. I mean, I would say weeks, if not months, if not even a year or more, for that matter. Um, And and we are social animals. I mean, human beings need need social interaction. We need to be with each other to, to really to grow and and be healthy. And so I, guess. I tell folks, okay, you can have solitude. It's okay to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay to reflect, spend time alone doing the activities mm-hmm. that you um, are interested in. But again, that's that extended period of time. And as a result of that exp- extended period of time, people tend to become more lonely. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. they become more depressed. Yeah. Perhaps more anxious. Um, again, just with that social part of it, and it can certainly have a great deal of an effect on important social or professional relationships. So even people that are still working, for example, 
um, that can have huge, huge impact. Um, and of course, with the social isolation leading to the depression and loneliness and anxiety, it also um, uh, tends to have that person feel lower self-esteem, lower mm -hmm. self-worth. Mm -hmm. So you start seeing that it starts to affect you um, from a mental health standpoint well. more so than, than anything. I could think, I could think of a, a socially isolated person who uh, might give up having healthy, good meals for themselves. It, like eating alone is such a, a hard thing to do sometimes. Yes, it is. Um, so, people don't like to cook for just one person. They right. say, yeah. what's the point? What's the point of yeah. doing that? So they have a soup or a sandwich Which, or crackers mm -hmm. or, you know, they just make do. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, is that not only is there the physical isolation, in the social isolation, there's also what we call emotional isolation. Oh. And that is the result of, of being socially isolated, right? Okay. So we start to feel it more emotionally. Um, they may not have a significant other anymore. Perhaps a long-term relationship has dissolved. Um, they just don't have someone um, that they view as their confidant. Yeah. Um, and it can act as a defense mechanism. <laughs> to protect a person from their emotional distress. And I'm thinking more times people battle a sense of isolation during major life transitions, mm -hmm. yeah. um, such as the loss of a partner or a close confidant. And that can become very detrimental. Well, yeah. And some people just kind of sit in that, in that time frame and just can't get out or just have a, more of a challenge getting out. Right. So it's a combination of really all three types of isolations mm -hmm. that really Creates um, the problem. Exactly. Well, and, and I can see, I mean, um, I can see how difficult it is to, um, for myself to go out at night alone. Absolutely. Um, I'm a little more hesitant than I ever used to be about yes. that uh, when I had a partner and I was going out with him. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can, you know, sometimes I have to talk myself into going out in, in order to get out of the house and do fun things. Well, and so. I think a lot of social situations are people in pairs, yeah. you know, kind of the couple situation. <clears throat> because I, mean, I have a friend who's been single her whole life, and now she's really starting to feel like not going to those places anymore. Yeah. Even though she's happy with her life the way it is, she's not comfortable being in those social situations. And then you could add on other variables, too. So as we say, maybe it's the loss of a significant relationship, a partner, mm -hmm. whomever. Um, but then again, it could be medical issues yeah. that are causing all these types of isolation. Sure. Um, again, just not feeling comfortable in leaving mm -hmm. for lack of safety, mm -hmm. a lack of, um, of confidence, confidence, mm -hmm. um, a lack of security. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of reasons and variables that lead that person into being isolated. Right. And and this, the materials I'm reading are, you know, t you have certainly brought forward the idea of the mental and the emotional stress that that brings. Uh, but they're actually, those emotional and mental stresses then impact on your physical health as well. And the other things we talked about, mm -hmm. maybe not eating, not caring for mm -hmm. yourself as best as you can, then adds to the concern about your physical well-being as uh, as an issue then too. I've also seen a lot of um, patients' families constantly pushing, mm -hmm. pushing the individual, and then the, the person just feels, um, again, even more isolated um, because, again, they're being pushed and they mm -hmm. don't feel like they're in the right place right now to be right. socially interactive. Right. So, so then what's the solution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I mean, <clears throat> open communication. <clears throat> open, okay. Mm -hmm. Open communication, have that conversation. 
talk with your physician, mm -hmm. um, talk with your medical team, mm -hmm. and talk openly with your family and friends yeah. about how it makes you feel, mm -hmm. how challenging that might be. Yeah. Perhaps that would lead to maybe more formalized professional therapy mm -hmm. if that person felt that that was appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. um, so the support has to come, but yeah. we have to mm -hmm. somehow find that balance yeah. as long as we're <clears> trying to influence them. I, I think a lot of times families want to help an older person. And so they do the dishes, they do the... Um, the things that are needed around the house, you know, it might be more appropriate to have some caregiver do those things and then to grab up that older person and just have fun together. Um, I, I've suggested that, you know, you're doing everything you can for mm -hmm. that person except you get them out, you know, take them with you and go someplace fun. They're That's not really, important too. Yeah, they're not interacting. Right. And maybe schedule times. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes people, um, as we <clears throat> age, mm -hmm. there are certain days and times that might work best for us. Mm -hmm. And so um, having a family or a friend, a neighbor, mm -hmm. um, someone from church, what have you, um, schedule a time and maybe make that a regular event. Right. Maybe going out for lunch every Tuesday mm -hmm. right. um, might be a way of them understanding that's a time where they can spend with other people right. and yet know that they're going to have the transportation yeah. and the camaraderie with that person who has inquired. You know, or inviting someone to your home yes. if for something as simple as a cup of tea. Can you come over and we'll just uh, have a little tea? We'll have, uh, you know, so nothing elaborate, but just something simple where you get to sit down and talk face to face with someone else. We, we, we just discount how important that is. And by the way, if I may make a plug for senior centers, yes, these are wonderful <laughs> places to meet new people and to have that opportunity to come and sit down and and be with another person. And they've shown that to be the case, That's which is why there are senior centers. Right. We want mm -hmm. people to go and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's a great way of meeting new people, mm -hmm. um, other activities, um, mm -hmm. tons of activities there of to it. choose from, um, and maybe bring a friend. Yeah. So again, you can make that into your routine and right. hopefully we'll, we'll um, yeah. lessen that isolation. Yeah, partner, partnering up with someone, finding a friend is um, something that we in the senior center business kind of look at as being a real accomplishment because we can always say, well, somebody came to the senior center. Um, one of the questions we ask is, if you didn't come to the senior center, would mm -hmm. someone notice no, it, yeah. that you were missing? And many people say, yes, so-and-so would call me or someone would check on me yeah, if I, think I didn't the, show the up. The majority say yes. Yes, yeah, yeah in, our, in our service. But that's another example of the way in which you can be connected with another person. Um, um, it just seems so shocking that, um, that just being by yourself, which I kind of like to be by myself, mm -hmm. um, it, it could create mental and physical harm. It, it just so it just doesn't seem that that could be possible, but now we're learning it is. And if you find that people are depressed and anxious as a result of that isolation, another way of trying to recognize what what can we do to increase the um, the visiting or or um, some type of topic to talk about is what interests them. Yeah. So perhaps bringing something to the home or taking right. them somewhere to something that they very much enjoy. Yeah. Um, it might have been a hobby that they once had or. Or other interests right. um, might be a way of, of trying to lure them yeah. um, and accompany them to that 
to that activity. Sure, whether it be music, maybe you can, going to uh, some musical performance with people. or uh, I know so many people uh, love to read and find it hard to do that and to keep up with their reading, but just to have someone come and read with you would be uh, really a big help, I think, to some some individuals. So, uh, what would you, uh, give us your contact information, Janet? I'd just be so, happy to. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Too. You're by the way. welcome. Um, so, my contact information <laughs> is Janet Bollock, and I'm at SSM Health at Home, and you can reach us at one eight hundred nine two four two two seven three. You can also go on the website at SSM Health at Home. At home, I like that. At home, help. <laughs> wonderful. Well, and um, and so I, I noticed that you know there's all sorts of levels of this, and certainly family members would want to enter, you know, in uh, involve themselves in early in the process. But there may be a point at which some professional help might be a good idea, not only for that older person, but maybe a, for the family as a whole, just to try to get a good strategy going. Um, together. And if it's identified, like I mentioned earlier, touching base with your physician or the medical team, mm -hmm. talking about your feelings of isolation, again, it has direct impact on everything else. Right. Um, and so we want to make sure that they're aware. They too can assess further to yep. see what other options are available for, for them to get some therapy or... All right. Absolutely. Talking. Thank you so much for being with us, Janet. Again, you're, you're always our steadfast medical person. She comes yes. and gives us all this good information all the time. Thanks As for always, being thanks here. Thanks for having me. I yes. appreciate it. Okay, good. Stop back with us in a moment.
Welcome back to Senior Beat. Um, I'm going to turn the program over to Laura. She's got some good guests for us to talk with uh, for our second segment. So today we'll be um, talking about intergenerational programming. And with us we have Shelby Connell from RSVP and Lori Bible from the Madison Senior Center. Welcome to our show today. Thank you. So maybe we could just start out by you telling us a little bit about what is an intergenerational program and then what kind of programs do you have? The intergenerational programming as we do it at the Senior Center is mixing seniors together with people of other generations, be it toddlers, because we go as young as two years old in some of the programming we do, up through, um, we've gone up through people at the generation right below them too. Okay. So putting seniors together with people of generations other than their own to do some kind of activity or program together um, just to kind of remind them that there's the whole world out there and it goes back to what we were just talking about with isolation to make mm -hmm. sure that they're still involved in the world at large, not just among their own age group. Mm -hmm. Is that how you approach the intergenerational programming also? It's very similar, yes. We, um, we typically work, most of our programs are with school-aged children mm -hmm. just because we work with a lot of the schools across Dane County as well as the community centers. Um, we do have one program that works with a few of the younger toddler preschool age. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it's the same idea of uh, setting up a situation where seniors are able to interact with, with the younger children um, ages K through 12. Right. School age kids. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about which programs you have through RSVP? Sure. Um, so our most common one is tutors and classroom helpers. And so we work across Dane County and we um, try to match a volunteer. Sometimes it's one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes it's with a small group, or sometimes it's the entire classroom. Um, and they'll work with a specific teacher. Uh, typically it's in literacy and math, but we do have some tutors that help out with science and in the library actually and just as a general classroom aide. Um, a little more involved, we have a program that's actually called Foster Grandparents. And so what Foster Grandparents are is they're also a tutor in that they um, help the child to get school ready and with literacy, but they're much more involved. Our normal tutors are uh, required to be at, in, help in the classroom for one hour a week, whereas the, the foster grandparents are actually, they actually help out at least 15 hours a week. So they're very oh, much more involved much with the student. Yes. Yeah. Um, is, is that hands-on time all at school? It is, yes. Okay. It's all, yes, we, do only, we only interact with the kids in the schools. It's not mm -hmm. outside of the schools. Mm -hmm. um, and then outside of those two programs, we have a couple others. One of them is called Computer Buddies. And so, you know, think about the pen pals, but it's... Uh, it's a little more so advanced. I, yeah. It's this on the computer. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it's either email or blogging. It's mm -hmm. typically once a week. Um, and it you know, helps the students with writing and computer skills uh, while forming a relationship with an older adult. And you could do that in your own home. You can. You mm -hmm. don't have to. You can do it whenever you want yep. to. We should have asked Janet if that would constitute <laughs> social <laughs> isolation or not. But right. And I think it would help. I think it would help. And we do. Um, we actually have an end of the year party, which I'm planning right now for our classrooms where you get to meet your buddy. Oh, nice. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah. And Excellent. then um, the other program that we have is we have a couple of oral history programs. And so those are more one-time events, um, but the volunteers come and tell personal stories. Mm -hmm. There's one where they come and tell um, about World War II and Great Depression because they were alive at that time. Mm -hmm. And there's another one um, 
where they talked to middle schoolers about resiliency and perseverance and just what it was like to live at a different time. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, excellent. Yeah. And um, we should say RSVP stands for? Retired and Senior Volunteer Program. Wonderful. Great program in Dane County. Over 1,500 volunteers? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have in the intergenerational program about 160 volunteers across Wonderful. 10 different school Wonderful. districts. All throughout Dane County? Yes. Oh, excellent. Yes. And that means you probably could get them close to, I mean, I, you wouldn't have to go too far to get to a school. You wouldn't. Yeah. No. Great. Because yeah, schools all over the place. Mm -hmm. right. Lori, what kind of programs do you have? Well, at the Senior Center, we have a preschool craft program where we're partnered with St. James Elementary School. And once a month, this year we have 27 kids ages two through four and a half coming in. Wow. Yes. That's a lot of kids. It is a lot of that <laughs> age group. Um, and they are absolutely adorable. <laughs> and we have seniors that come in and volunteer with them. We also this year added in college students to the mix to make it more multi-generational. And they do a craft together, everything from finger painting to you name it. We've tried chalk drawings. Um, it, it's just kind of a messy, crazy, <laughs> wonderful event where everybody loves it. And some I of the love kids, the gingerbread houses that you guys do in December. <laughs> that's that's our, my favorite. Our gingerbread house building with frosting and graham crackers and, <laughs> and sprinkles and sprinkles and candy and a little bag for them to eat while they're doing it um yeah that is probably the highlight one of the year so that one's great we end with stories to calm them down before they get back on the bus and go back to school <laughs> another program we have is meet the author and we partner with the downtown library public library on that one we bring in an author each month. Um, I try very hard to get a wide diversity of authors coming in on different topics all over the board. Some real, you know, practical things that you can do, some um, life story. We have one coming in soon that has researched uh, the history of Mexicans in Wisconsin mm. from start to finish, and he's a student that's finishing his PhD. Um, we like to host them at the Senior Center because we found that that's a comfortable space for everybody. They think it's more intimate and it's a fun place to hear the authors speak. Mm -hmm. So um, the library helps advertise for us and they help research authors too. So mm -hmm. it's a great partnership. And we're only a block away, so it yeah, makes for sense. Us it's yeah. Yeah. We're so close sense, to each other, it works great. Yeah. Um, we do Edgewood College Nursing Program. Oh, that's a good one. The, uh, Nursing students at Edgewood get great technical training through their program, but they found the one piece they were missing was how to deal with their patients on a personal level. And so we partner with them, and they meet, match up with one of our seniors, and they spend a semester working with our seniors, talking about their health history, their lifestyles, what they do, what their activities are, and, and really learning how to talk to a person. Is and it difficult to get seniors who are willing to talk about themselves like that? Not very. Really? Not very. Seniors, many love talking about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> right? You get to be that age and yeah. you just kind of want to tell everybody, this Your is story. me, yeah. this is Your me, story. and this yep. is my story. And, um, and that works out. And they meet with them at a coffee shop somewhere where people won't overhear their story because they talk medical things sometimes too. They can meet at the Senior Center, they can meet at Edgewood, they find a place that's comfortable. 
and they they meet with them every week throughout the semester and the Edgewood nursing students apparently get the highest marks from the hospitals on their people skills. Oh, and so we wonderful. just gotten that feedback in oh, the last wonderful. year, and that has made us feel very good about yep. working on that program. In right. fact, we've expanded it to summertime even now. And right. So that program is beloved by the students and the seniors and their teachers. Yeah. Um, and then we started a new one this past year called Who Matters, and that, again, was a, a partnership between myself and the outreach librarian in the downtown library. Um, it was a concept to do something that took us out further into the community and working, targeting kind of toward the senior population again, but who matters in their lives and how to bring those people together, how to take their picture together, how to tell their story together. And so we rounded up a photographer that was in the bubbler at the library at that point in time, and we recruited a author that we had actually had in as a author in our Meet the Author program to write the stories. And we brought people in and said, if you come in and get your photo taken, you can tell the author your story, she'll write it up, and then we had displays in the library, and we had displays in the senior center of giant photos and banner photos, and the stories were posted with them. And people came in with extended families, three generations, or friendships they, they'd had for years. Um, it was did, a beautiful exhibit. It, it really was. It was a gorgeous mm -hmm. exhibit with large photos and stories posted, touching stories. We had a writer's group come in that had three different generations of writers that met every week. We had... Um, and, excuse me, yeah. it was a national award winner, it was. that program. So congratulations yes. to you on that. Thank you. Uh, the For National Institute of Senior Centers, Centers identified it as a... Um, uh, an award-winning program for, it's for innovation, the, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, could I just ask the question yeah. about what do you think is the value, maybe Shelby, for older adults, or, or, I mean, you, younger or older? Well, I think there's a lot for the you know for the younger. I think that um, you know it's an, it's another adult role model in their life. It's a lot of kids don't. Um, live close to their grandparents anymore. We just, I know my son doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and so that just provides them um, an older adult that they can get to know and relate to and just understand the generational difference. Um, for the older adults, you know, there's, there's a lot. There's a sense of giving back in the community. There's um, a lot of our volunteers are retired teachers. Mm -hmm. And so they get to still be in the classroom um, teaching what they know, but also learning new things. Um, you know, they get to stay more active. It takes a lot sometimes to keep up with the younger kids. <laughs> um, you know, as you talked about earlier, they're less isolated. It gives yes. them something to do and get out of the house. Um, they get to meet and connect with new people, whether that be students or sure. teachers or other volunteers. Um, and it just, you know, it gives them a hope for the future to just hear what the kids have to say and right. get them to be excited about things. Would you give us your contact information? Yes, so my name is Shelby Connell, and you can reach me directly at RSVB of Dane County. Uh, my phone number is area code 608-441-7894, and my direct email is sconnell at rsvpdane.org. Wonderful. And Lori? Lori Bybo, and my phone number is 608 267 8673 
And my email is lbibo at cityofmedicine.com. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to add as far as the benefits and the value of having an intergenerational program? You know, when we look at society, we see that we have really segmented the different age groups. Mm -hmm. We have preschool, we have grade school, we have senior living centers. Mm -hmm. And I think these programs that we do are trying to bring these age groups back together because the way that we've structured living arrangements now in, in society as it is separates them all. Which isn't really natural, is Which it? Which isn't very no. natural, and it's not the way people used to live either. Mm -hmm. And so I think these programs draw these, these components back together and draw the people back together. And maybe it's not because they're related, but that doesn't matter because the same magic still happens mm -hmm. when you bring these groups of people back together, and it's wonderful to watch. I remember one of our volunteers saying that um, her grandchild was in Texas, and so she was taking, uh, a, making a relationship with a young person here and hoping that someone would make a relationship like with yep. her mm -hmm. grandson in Texas. So that's kind of a nice idea. Well, if I may invite our, our uh, audience to be back in con contact with you and maybe check into either online or by telephone with e both of these wonderful programs. Um, Take care of our kids um, and be a part of this wonderful opportunity. Great. Great. See you next on Senior Beat.